Jesus, friend of sinners, we have strayed so far away. We cut down people in your name, but the sword was never ours to swing. Jesus, friend of sinners, the truth's become so hard to see. The world is on their way to you, but they're tripping over me. Always looking around but never looking up I'm so double-minded 
Good morning. Good morning. Oh, they're happy. Yay. Somebody had coffee. <laughs> well, I'm glad to see you all here. That's awesome. It's, it's so wonderful. Hi, Timothy. How are you? It's good to see everybody. I always look for your faces and uh, enjoy our time together. Isn't it awesome? Did you guys walk in expectant to meet Jesus this morning? Were you excited to get here? Because I was. I was excited. And we've been here. These chairs have been prayed over this morning, which is really awesome. Every single chair had a hand laid on it and was prayed over this morning. We are expecting the Holy Spirit to show up this morning. So let's welcome him in. And uh, we will do that in just a moment. I'm going to pray with you. I want to remind you there's prayer request cards on your seats. We pray over these every week and we will not stop until the answers come. So we want to hear your answers. As soon as they come in, please let us know. We had another answer come in this week, a little six-year-old boy, Jerry Loring's nephew. Um, he has been healed all the way. Is it all the way? Or it, we've got answers. And um, so we'll find out more details on that. We just found out. I don't know all of them, but we're hearing answers. Guys, your prayers are being answered. It's awesome. We have a big God and um, one that we can count on. So would you stand with me? Let's welcome him in here and uh, let's pray and just ask him to come. Lord Jesus, Father God, Holy Spirit, you are our welcome guest this morning. We want you here. We love you, Lord, and we know that you've been waiting on your people to come. So, Lord, I pray that we are able to just set everything aside right now, our busy weeks, our weak moments. Um, we may have had a rough week, Lord. Uh, help us just to set that aside and not think about it, but really just step into your presence and enjoy who you are. Lord, we love you, and we love being your kids. And we thank you for how you just have been waiting on us. And how you're just as excited to see us, just like a little kid runs up to us with their arms in the air. Jesus, that's what we want to do with you this morning. So, Lord, we thank you for this day, and we're giving you our worship and our praise. Jesus, please accept it as an offering. We love you. In your name, amen. I worship you. 
darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 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 Thank you, Lord. Would you guys look around you? Welcome somebody here. If you haven't seen them before, make them feel really welcome. Say good morning. Check and see if they had their coffee. Well, we want to welcome our online congregation as well. Good morning. We're glad you guys are tuning in online as well. We want you to participate too. We want to hear you singing all the way over here. So we're glad we're here. We are all here to worship Jesus all around the world. It's going on. It's pretty exciting. Get a little bit of taste of heaven that way because we're going to be busy singing there. So the next song that we're doing this morning, guys, we, uh, we introduced it last week. And as I've sat in these lyrics all week long, just really soaking them up, God just kind of said to my heart, he just said, uh, how do you know you can believe me? Have you thought of that? How do you know you can believe him? And, uh, then I started thinking about what, what he's famous for. Can you guys think of things? What's, what's, what's he famous for? Just yell them out. Healing. Dying on the cross. Salvation. What else has he done? He forgives us. Did he split the Red Sea? He totally, yes. He split the Red Sea. He wrote in a rock the Ten Commandments. What else has he done? Oh, manna in the wilderness. Totally. Water from the rock. Creation. Creation. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, listen to what he's done. He has proven himself over and over and over. Right? He's famous for what he's done. Whether you believe in him or not, he's still famous for it. So we can trust him. We can believe in him. If he says he's going to do something... He's going to come through. He's not going to back down. He's not going to forget. He's not going to run out of time. Do you run out of time? I run out of time. He's totally got this, right? My kids say that. I got this, Mom. He's got it. So as I was sitting here and, and just really paying attention to those, listen to this. The chorus on this says, Make way through the waters, Red Sea. Walk me through the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Do what you're famous for. What you're famous for. Shut the mouths 
lions. I couldn't do that. I can't shut my own mouth, let alone something like that. Right? Bring dry bones to life and do what you're famous for. We have a God that can handle it all. And this song is just, now it's really big on my heart. I'm like, oh, yeah, Lord, I trust you. I believe you. So this morning, we're going to do it again. You guys are going to get more familiar with it as you go. But think about those things, what you can count on with him. It's so exciting. We have a God that handles everything. So I'm excited about that. So I just kind of wanted to share that with you because he he had, had it out with me this week, and it was pretty awesome. So.
you know, we were just talking about remembering. Now, that is an enemy that, that we have that teaches us to forget. He wants us to forget all the things God says, right? So part of our battle is remembering those things. So this is the other song that we learned last week. We're going to do this again. I won't talk so much next week between them, but they're so powerful to remember what God has done. So the enemy wants us to forget, but he can form that weapon. That's fine. He can form all the weapons he wants, but they won't. They won't what? They won't prosper, right? There's power in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. And every war he wages, he will win. How awesome is that? Every war Jesus waged, he will win. And then it says, I'm not backing down from any giant because I know how this story ends. Right? I know how this story ends.
you for that. You are the conqueror. And nothing can stop you. And Lord, we're grateful for that. We're grateful for your presence here this morning and for every detail in every single soul's life that is sitting in these chairs and standing before you. You're in control. And you've already won. We're just walking it out. 
So help us to walk and put that foot in front of the other because that's the hard part. But we know you're there. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Uh, take a deep breath. Soak them up. We have a really good God. He loves you guys so much.
children and their children and their children. It's favor be upon you and thousand generations. doubt you. In just four songs, we've learned that you have us in the palm of your hand. There is nothing you can't do or won't. You will work all things for our good according to your purposes. Lord, help us to be kingdom-minded. Help us to love each other the way that you showed us how to love when you walked this earth. It's not about us, Father. It's not about us, and this world is constantly pulling us to make sure we think of ourselves first. But Lord, it's you that we need to think of first, and then what you want us to do. And Lord, I know you want us to love. I know you want us to love people. 
whether they're lovely to us or not. Lord, you've given us a way to be with you. And I want to take as many people there as I can. So, Lord, I know you will equip us. I know you will help us. So help us to keep our eyes fixed on you. You are the only thing we need to see. Don't let us be distracted by the things on the right or on the left. Help us to just keep our eyes fixed on you. Lord, change us today. I don't want to leave here the same. I walked in here this Lori, and I want to leave a Lori that is closer to you, that is chasing you harder, that understands you a little bit more, and that serves you with my whole heart. So, Father, will you be with us as we continue to worship you this morning? I thank you for being here, Lord. We can just tell your presence is all around us. We thank you for blessing us, even when we don't deserve it. You are a wonderful Father, and we love you. And Jesus, thank you for what you have done for us. Don't let us ever take it for granted. We love you, Lord. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Just a couple things I wanted to go over with you guys. Don't forget your prayer cards. There's also some prayer sheets on the back for your personal use. You don't have to turn those in, but they give you little different spaces on them. You can catch them on the tables back there to help you pray at home. That's why those are there. But, and they kind of look like this one. These are the ones for you to take home with you. Okay, so we wanted to remind you of that. The other thing we want to make sure that you're aware of is prayer night on Wednesday night. Boy, is it good. Those of you that have come, it is rich time, right? It has been so good. So good. We want to encourage everybody to come. It is worth your time. God will bless you. He'll give you that hour back. He sure let us sit and soak in him this week, and it was beautiful, and we've, we're getting answers to prayer, and it is just really awesome. So turn in your prayer sheets to us, and then we will storm the gates of heaven and present them to Jesus, who will then take them to our Father, and we are just so grateful for that. And then... We have movie night coming up on August 27th. It's a Friday night. Starts at 6.30 for concessions. The movie starts at 7, and it is Overcomer. Has anybody seen that? So good. It's so, so, so good. You guys will just love it. It's a great time of fellowship. We just have fun. There's a lot of laughter that goes on, and it is really nice just to get together and laugh. After this last year that we've been through with COVID, it's nice to laugh and see people's teeth. We can actually see them without masks, so that's really nice. So we're excited about that. So I have some ushers that are going to come up, Benita and Cliff, Jean and Bernard. If you guys would come up, the plates are right here, and I will pray, and then um, we will give our gifts to, to our Father who gives us so much. It's so nice to be able to worship him in that way. So Lord Jesus, we thank you. For your provision in so many ways. We thank you for the way that you love us, Lord. We thank you so much for the fact that we get to give back to you and that you take this and use it for your kingdom. So, Lord, help us to steward it well and help us to honor you with it, Lord Jesus, and not to hold on too tight because you can replace anything. 
So, Lord, we thank you for it. We ask you to bless it and multiply it in Jesus' name.
we got a treat this morning. Pastor Tim is here. He's in the house. I'm excited about it. We're going to be blessed. So come on up, Pastor Tim. Thank you for being here. Yeah, you guys got the old man again today. You know it's the old guy because he's wearing a jacket, you know? That's what old guys do. And, uh, well, thanks. You're kind. Does this make my face look blue? Huh? I, I, I did a wedding down in La Junta, and I used uh, my iPad like this. And when I got back pictures of the wedding, my face was blue in those wedding pictures right? because of that. It's great to see you today and have opportunity to share with you this morning and... Uh, what beautiful worship music we've shared together today. If you have a Bible this morning, because I didn't put the words on the screen, and you know what? I bet you money. I bet you money. Most of us don't carry a Bible at church anymore because we're used to seeing the words on the screen. And if we don't have a Bible, we can't mark in it and highlight something and write a note there and think, oh, that was good. Just a thought. That's just a thought. Matthew chapter 5. And you know I'm old because I'm getting out my glasses now. Beginning with verse 1. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This particular passage is from a portion of Scripture that most of you know is called the Sermon on the Mount. It is considered to be one of the high points, if not the very zenith, if you will, of the teaching of Jesus. And here at the very beginning of this little discourse, we find, uh, and and this goes on through chapter 6 as well, but here in the beginning, we, we find we find verses 3 through 11 listing what is known as the Beatitudes. You recognize those, most of you did, as I was reading them for you. It is a group of little phrases that seem simple when we read them. But when they are considered for a while, we find that they pack an incredible punch due to the fact that they seem contradictory. You read that first phrase, blessed are the poor in spirit. 
That doesn't sound like something to be blessed over. But then it says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I mean, that's a pretty interesting thing. Some modern versions of the Bible replace the word blessed with the word happy. Happy are the poor in spirit. And again, that seems very contradictory. Because happiness seems so elusive. Just when you think you've found it, you've arrived, you've achieved it, just when you think you're there, it's like quicksilver and it's gone. One night some months ago, I was lying in bed and I had a bit of an epiphany. You ever have an epiphany? Had a bit of an epiphany while I'm lying there. Because it suddenly dawned on me (laughs) that I was happy. I was genuinely happy. Here I am. I'm happy. There were no problems, no issues, no sickness. The cars were running fine. House was in order. The lawn was cut. The bills were paid. All was right with the world. But it was a fleeting moment. By the next evening, my little magical world was beginning to crack as anxiety invaded my peaceful little oasis. And the moles were returning to the yard in the rental cabin. And monsoons were swelling the creek in the backyard and made me wonder if indeed we were going to have floods. One day, Jesus gathered his disciples around him And he sat down to teach them. And he spent the first portion of this sermon teaching not about what we would think of as some lofty philosophy, although it was, but he was teaching them about everyday, the everyday universal desire to just be happy. And that word that we use, beatitude, is an interesting word. Because it literally means consummate bliss. Hmm. I'm not there. Consummate bliss. And I wonder about that. Look where he begins. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And it has been said that of all of the Beatitudes, all of the rest of them build on this one. Blessed or happy are the poor in spirit. Jesus simply meant that a a person's happiness is rooted in humility in a person's deep inner self, in his spirit. Poverty of spirit is eventually the dethronement of pride. It is the ability to admit need. It is not low self-esteem. In fact, it may be a sign of very healthy self-esteem. Some years ago, I was invited to speak at a regional church gathering in our denomination. And the other speaker that was on the bill for that day was an acquaintance of mine, though we were not really close friends. And when I realized the order of the speaking assignments, 
Can you understand a bit of a competitive pride started to stir within me? And I wrestled with that that afternoon. Because when it was my turn to get up and speak, I wanted to hit a home run. I wanted it to be the best I had to give. But I desperately needed an, an inner assurance of some kind that I had achieved. And not just been in competition with this friend. And God helped me. But He helped me because instead of acting like those feelings of pride didn't exist, I shared those with Him. And I said, Lord, I need Your help. You know how competitive I can be at times and the self-esteem issues that I battle at the same time. Help me. And He did. But not until I had allowed Him to ask me a very painful question. And that question that he asked me that afternoon was this, Tim, who will get the glory? But Lord, affirmation is nice. Yes, Tim. But who will get the glory? You see, when we're unwilling to admit our need, we walk around with an inflated sense of pride so determined that we will get the glory. You see, this verse, this first of the Beatitudes, is about running on my own. As I look at life, I'm sometimes reminded of my younger brother, Terry. Terry is my buddy. He's seven years younger than me. And my first paid assignment in ministry was while we were in seminary and it was at the Fairlawn Church of the Nazarene in Topeka, Kansas, which is about an hour from the seminary. And I drove over there on weekends and I was the minister to children and youth. Just so happened that my parents lived in Topeka and attended that church, so my brother was in my youth group. It was easy to make an example out of him, as I will today. When he started driving, he was, and he still is, notorious for running out of gas. You get in his car, and the fuel gauge was always on empty. And if you would question him about it, his response was always, hey, I got plenty of fuel. My sister-in-law says she's going to have those words etched on his tombstone. He feels that it's his car. He knows its characteristics. And, if, and who are you to question his judgment concerning the fuel gauge? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Or happy are those who will admit their need. Occasionally, he would call me from some place. Because I wasn't just his brother, I was his youth pastor. Can you get dad's gas can and come out here on Highway 24? And 
Highway 24 Russell runs through Topeka, Kansas. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Those who will admit their need. You see, it is neither wealth nor poverty that keeps men out of the kingdom. It is pride. And too often it is a spiritual pride of those who feel that they have life all together and they've added just enough religion into the mix to get by. And so their cry is, I got plenty of fuel. They're unable to admit their need. And if you feel no burden, you're not that interested in someone who said he would help you carry one. And if you have no sense of need, the message that there is a supply is going to fall on deaf ears. And if you do not realize your own sin or lostness, it's not going to be good news to you that Jesus died for your sin. Pride, someone said, pride is the sin that feel, pride is the sin that fills the universe with an ego. I got plenty of fuel. I can take care of myself. And sometimes those who miss the kingdom by the widest margin are those who suffer from the most subtle form of pride. And that is the desire to be adequate for God on our own. I can do this in my own strength. Can I bear down a little bit on us as a congregation? Maybe as a church we've done that. We are adequate on our own. We have talent here. Our people are generous to the point where we're paying the bills. Life is easy. We're a pretty attractive church for somebody who might want to be a pastor somewhere. And it would be easy for us to make the sad mistake as a, as a church of shouting, we got plenty of fuel. We got everything we need. Any church, any pastor would be delighted to come here and serve us. And we walk away from this beatitude that says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Maybe it is when we let go of the rope that we realize that underneath are the everlasting arms. 2 Corinthians 4 7 says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be in God and not in us. Sometimes churches have to get over themselves. Sometimes we have to hear God say, who gets the glory? Who's going to get the glory? Is it us because we worked hard and we put together a nice congregation that meets in this gymnasium? Or is it going to be Him who said, I can do this with or without you. I can handle this. 
I've got this. Isn't Jesus saying that we really find true happiness when we finally come to the place where we realize we've run out of us and we limp into Him and say, fill her up. Fill her up. The last four weeks, four weeks ago, I came to a place in my own spiritual walk where I had to say to God, I give up. I surrender. I can't do this on my own. I do not have enough strength. And I do not have enough wisdom. See, this this verse is not about, it's not just about us trying to run on our own. It's also about running on empty. Because I believe that he is saying that true happiness comes from a constant realization that we are empty without him. I give up. I can't do it on my own. I surrender. That... that, that even the Christian remains in a state of constant need of God. And we're only happy when we realize that truth. It is when I kind of let go of Him and I begin to start moving in my own strength that I find all of the demons begin to circle around. Because this phrase describes those who are conscious of deserving nothing and needing everything from God. Did you know that the word poor here, as it appears, it does not just signify one in a condition of want, but rather a person who is aware of that condition and seeks what it's really talking about is a beggar rather than a poor man. And we don't like that very much. Because we don't like to consider ourselves in that position in life where we are a beggar. I will come to God any day and beg Him. And it's totally conscious, a person who is totally conscious of need, of emptiness, of dependence upon God. There's a sense in which we find the whole Bible is a commentary on this one beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now you hold that little phrase up against the stories. Abraham in the Old Testament went to God with absolutely nothing. Or Moses, probably the most unpromising prospect for a leader that a people could ever find. And yet he goes down in history as one of the greatest. But here he was. He had an Egyptian name. He's a Hebrew. He has an Egyptian name. He has a speech impediment. He has a weak set of knees. He has an ugly disposition. He has a criminal record. He has a price on his head. He was despised by the Hebrew and the Egyptian alike. His life was bankrupt, and because of that, 
God could use him. Or there's David at the cave of Adullam. It, it is a perfect illustration of what Jesus was talking about. David was being hunted like an animal by the king's soldiers. He was hiding in a musty cave in a primitive, poverty-stricken land. And the crew that he had gathered around him matched that environment. And you read about them in 1 Samuel 22. Verse 2 says, Everyone that was in distress and everyone that was in debt and everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him. And he became a captain over them. Did you hear those words? Everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone that was discontented gathered themselves unto him. And he became the captain. You know why? Because they had nothing to lose. And because they had nothing to lose, they were ready for anything, even God. And God uses them. Or how about Mary, the mother of Jesus? She seems to have been a little little wisp of a Galilean peasant girl about whom very little is known. She, She was not of noble character or distinguished ancestry. Or if she was, she didn't know it. And she speaks of herself as a handmaiden of the Lord, of low degree, of low estate. God found that Mary's qualities or lack of qualities were usable. Jesus illustrates this beatitude in parable after parable. The beggars are called into the banquet after the guests fail to arrive. The young prodigal sinks to the status of the swine. And when he has nothing, he remembers his father. And perhaps the most remarkable thing about the day of Pentecost was not the early, that the early apostles were all of one accord or that they spoke in different languages. The most remarkable thing was their poverty of spirit. They were empty so they could be filled. Some of us can't receive God because we are so full of ourselves. Or there's the Apostle Paul, thought by many to be the second greatest man to ever live. He traveled the the high places spiritually. And yet near the close of his life said, I'm the chief of sinners. See, when we are aware of our emptiness, then he can fill us. And when he does then we are blessed or happy. Now, what other thing? Note that this verse says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The other beatitudes point to a future. This one deals with the present. It does not say shall be. It says theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So the poor in spirit are those who realize that in themselves there are few if any spiritual resources. 
They need help from above. They desperately need the kingdom of heaven. And because they feel their need for the kingdom, they get it. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. No one else gets it for the simple reason that they don't want it. See, God doesn't force His kingdom on anyone. But He gladly gives it to all who know that they are losers without Him. So they humbly seek Him. So you got plenty of fuel. You're getting all the glory. If so, you're probably not very happy. But you can be. If you realize your emptiness and your dependence. Yeah. Even those of us who have claimed Christ for decades are walking around unhappy and unfulfilled because we are full enough of ourselves that we don't really think we need Him. Don't answer this question out loud. What's bugging you today? What are you fighting today? What's the battle you're in today? I want to tell you, four weeks ago, I spoke here. The title of my message that morning was Crying in the Closet. No one will remember. You know, sometimes you... You go back to a church and you think, oh, I'd like to preach that sermon, but I, I may have preached that there before. You think, well, they would all remember that. They don't. They don't. It's our ego that makes us think, how in the world could they forget? It was a masterpiece. <laughs> when I preached that message four weeks ago called Crying in the Closet, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to me. In that message, I mentioned to you the things that uh, we've been going through as a family. And that week after that sermon, my uh, both daughters came with their children and we just began talking about some of the realities in life that we're facing. And it brought reality right here in front of me. And I didn't just go to the closet to cry. I would lie in my bed in the middle of the day And anxiety settled in on me because of things we think we face. And I would call it even panic attacks. Anybody ever have one of those? And you get to the place where you begin to feel like, God, 
I don't know what else to say to you. I don't know what else to commit to you. It's all yours. It's all yours. Now help me. Because this is a deep, dark hole. And I was reminded that for most of us, when we're in those situations, a lot of what puts us in those situations is what's going on up here. And the way we're talking to ourselves. And the fact that when the enemy begins to bombard us with negativity, we let him. Instead of saying, stop it. And beginning to bombard our own mind and spirit with what the Word says. This is on the bottom of that little prayer sheet you can get back there. Romans 4.8 Whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Think on these things. Think on these things. Think on these things. Our God has filled a book with promises like that. And we get so off, let me back up. I get so off in the weeds sometimes that it's much easier to stay in the weeds than to come back to the book. And discover another promise. Another think on these things. Hey, Tim, get that out of there. Stop it. Think on this. What's bugging you today? That's my story. What's yours? My guess is some of you are in similar straits. And maybe before we go today, we could just pray together. Would you stand with me, please? I like these wooden benches I've told you before that are on either side of this platform. And they're just a good place to pray. And if you'd like to pray today, before we go, I'd invite you to come and kneel here with me. And we'll just pray together. We won't be long. But if you'd like to come, I would invite you to do so as we wait for a moment in His presence. is the kingdom of heaven in this place in this place in this day
some of you are comfortable praying with someone who comes to an altar to pray. If that's you, I invite you to come. You don't have to be a counselor. Just someone that's there to pray with them, to be an encouragement to them. Would you help us by doing that today? Father, just us here today, just you and a bunch of your kids. Some of us came in here today knowing that we're running on empty and we need you. Father, honestly, some of us still kind of thinking we got plenty of fuel. So we're still trying to manage it all on our own. Father, wherever we are today in that process, I plead for your spirit to talk to us and to encourage us, to remind us of the great promises that your word shares, to remind us of how you have said that you would never leave us or forsake us. Father, we are grateful today And so we gather to pray with these and we give you thanks. As we continue to pray here at the front, if you feel like you need to slip away, feel free to do that. You can consider yourself dismissed. Just be be respectful of the fact that prayer is still going on here at the front as you leave. And I would just say to you, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you give you peace. Lord bless you.